Hello, stranger. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I am doing well. We just got off of our call with Dan, who is a spiritual medium. And we talked about, well, we started talking about religion, but then really shifted gears into something else. But I think that was by far one of the most interesting conversations that we've ever had together. And probably one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had in my life, if I'm being honest. Yes. He may be a medium, but that was a uh, large-sized conversation. Ooh, the puns for days, (laughs) y'all. The puns for days. (laughs) All right. Well, strangers, enjoy Dan the Medium and our religion conversation. Hello, strangers. How is everyone tonight? Hey, Mike. What's up? How's it going? Not bad. We have a new stranger guest on with us tonight, Daniel Jackson. Daniel, please introduce yourself. You are another Facebook find for us, which is incredibly exciting. Um, So please introduce yourself, and then we'll kind of jump right into our topic tonight, which is religion. Oh, this will be awesome. My name is Daniel Jackson, otherwise known as Spirit Medium Daniel. I see dead people. That is so that exciting. Is exciting. Well, maybe you think so. <laughs> I do think so. I do think so. Um, so, yeah, I, I posted looking for someone to talk with us about religion tonight, and Daniel's post um, or response definitely got my attention uh, because I think this is a different look at spirituality and religion, and I'm excited to talk to you. Um, typically, kind of our, our setup is I'm going to start off kind of telling my experience with religion, but this is a conversation, so feel free to throw in your thoughts. Um, actually, you know what? No, we're switching this up. Ooh. Mike. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Mike, what is your experience or relationship with religion? Sure. So, uh, so I grew up in a, a very small uh, suburban town in New York. Uh, the vast majority were uh, Catholic. Uh, so there's a lot of people getting like communions and these sorts of things. A lot of my peers at school, it was just, you know, a very small, typical Catholic town. Uh, my mom brought me to a local Baptist church. So I was not Catholic. So I never had a communion, never had any of those things. Uh And we kind of just, it was a very small church, same exact people, same small handful of people. It was like a little, little family there, but we were never really overly religious. You know, we went there on Sundays and, uh, prayed and I always, you know, sort of believed in God and everything and prayed and everything. Uh, but we were never an overly religious family. There was, you know, there was no problem with cursing in the house or no talk of religion if it wasn't Sunday. Uh, but it was just sort of just a little event we did, mostly as younger kids. And then as we got older, definitely faded and faded. Uh, and then came back around to it as we were more adults when I would go home to visit. Uh, but, you know, we were never overly religious, but it was always something that was understood that, uh, you know, that we believe in God and we pray and we, uh, you know, work towards being a, a good person sort of thing. Uh, but it was never something that was really discussed if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't Sundays. Is religion still a part of your life? Um, I definitely still pray. Uh, I think with COVID and everything that you know the chances of me 
and a little baby uh, going into church is about zero. Uh, so, you know, maybe once uh, COVID is 100% completely gone, like literally zero cases around the world, maybe then I would consider going to a church and bringing the baby and, and getting her uh, getting her involved sort of thing. Uh, but right now, you know, I, you know, I pray, I definitely pray consistently and I think about these things. Sometimes I'll pray in the car when I'm driving, I'll pray at night, those sorts of things. Uh, but nothing, uh, nothing too serious. That surprises me. I don't know. You always kind of struck me as someone who is more agnostic. Okay. I'm not sure why. I, I just was getting a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's something that was, you know, a very... Uh, a small part, but an influential part of my childhood and my upbringing. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just something that, something I enjoy. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't read, I do not read the Bible, never have read the Bible. Um, and yeah, that kind of stuff. It just, it's just something, you know, I don't, you know, I don't pay attention specifically to like the Ten Commandments or, you know, uh, you know, Christmas is not, you know, anything, you know, I don't do religious holidays, things like that. Um, but it's, you know, I, I do find a lot of comfort in prayer. I wish you all, all of our strange listeners could see Daniel's face and his, <laughs> his signals while this is happening. I'm getting like thumbs up, thumbs down, me too's. Yes. Uh, it sounds like, and actually it sounds Daniel, you and I might have a very similar upbringing then. I was also raised Catholic. It looks like you are as yes. well based on your head nodding. Yes. Yeah. I have a Catholic joke if you'd like to hear it. Oh, please. Oh, me too. Me too. Go ahead. Oh, sure. How do you get a nun pregnant? Uh, you dress know. her up like an altar boy. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. I know, right? Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> eh. Mine's a, what do you, what do you call... A sleepwalking nun. I don't know. A Roman Catholic. <laughs> Mine was cleaner, but it's it, it came from a Laffy Taffy joke. Yeah. Holy crap! Yep. I like that. that. Funny. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Do. Um. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Mike appreciates my bad humor. That's what makes us uh, strange Roman. friends. I like it. I like it. Um. So yeah, Daniel, what? What was your upbringing? We won't get into where you are now yet, but what was your upbringing oh, sure, with religion? Sure. Uh, I was brought up Catholic. Uh, did basically the same type of thing as Mike. My uh, my mom would bring us to church, but I found it uh, a really good place to take naps. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, the uh, the pews were a little hard, but uh, yeah, uh, and you know, it, but it was it wasn't pushed on us as well. Uh, by anyone. So we just went uh, up until a certain point where we eventually turned around to our mom and said, we got to keep going there because this is boring. And uh, she said, no, I just I just wanted to introduce this to you and, and, and see what you thought of that. And, and she pretty much let us make up our own mind. But, I, you know, I did go to Sunday school eventually. Uh, I think I was like 10 or 11. And um, had to do Holy Communion, what they call that. Um, yeah, I had to learn all this other stuff about Jesus and the Bible, Ten Commandments, all that stuff. Um, no. And uh, and then uh, oh, I, I do remember being picked on a lot there because uh, uh, when I was younger, uh, I was a real skinny little kid and I had longer hair and the, the other kids picked on me for that. 
Uh, but other Kids than that, assholes. yeah, then it was yeah. uh, graduation time. We all wore that big white uh, dress-looking thing, and we ate the uh, the really crappy-tasting bread, and then that was it. Yeah. I had, I think, a different experience from both of you. So I, my, my dad raised me for a bit as Lutheran, um, mm. and we went to Lutheran churches up until I was like seven, maybe. And then we didn't go to church for a long time. My mom was raised Catholic, and her parents were very devout, baby-making Catholics. And um, she was raised Catholic and had really kind of left the religion and practice, but still prayed and and what have you, until she uh, started a relationship when I was like 11 with a guy who was still fairly a devout Catholic. And she started taking me to Catholic church, and I really fell in love with it. Um, so I actually chose it. Um, I like I chose my junior year of high school to have my first communion and my confirmation in the same year. Um, I regularly attended service by myself. I was a youth leader. And I think it was like the first time in my life that I feel like I had found a community. And mm. I did that until, I mean, even my my first serious boyfriend, you know, beginning of college, uh, you know, we talked about marriage and I told him that I, I wouldn't marry him unless we could get married in a Catholic church. It was really important to me. Um, and him and wow. I used to fight about it because he was like, this just, I don't, wow. but I don't believe that. And I was like, well, I do. And that's important to me. And then I think it was when I, I, I had gone through some like some mental health issues, um, my sophomore into junior year of college. And it was around that time that I felt like like things were really unfair and why would God do that and put me in a place where it was really unfair? Um, and then from there, it was like more of a reality of like, well, hold on a minute, because the people who said that they would support me aren't supporting me. You know, those who are going to church and saying one thing, you know, scream, you know, uh, you know, abortion is killing babies and all of you are going to hell in their spare time on the weekends. And I was like, that's not very Christian, right? Like you should love people regardless and so on and so forth. And and now I think I've definitely stepped away. My my mom still says that she prays, but she doesn't go to church. Um, and I'm I'm pretty, I would love to believe that there's something out there. Uh, I would love to believe in a higher power. I would love to have like a spiritual feeling. And I'm envious of those who do have that community still. I think that's really important. Um, I wish my kids were to have something like that, but I just don't see it for myself or for my family. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's a good background. I gave a lot longer background than you guys, but it was, I, I, I feel a certain way about this topic. Um, so do you prefer Daniel or Dan? Whichever floats your boat. I'm fine. Just don't call me Danny. Makes me feel like I'm seven. Don't call me Jesse. I just don't like right. it. <laughs> can we call you Can we call you Mikey? Jesse's girl. You sure can, yeah. I'm cool with it. Did you know that Jesse's girl was actually the guy's name wasn't Jesse? His name was Gary, but they didn't think that flowed well in a song. Oh, Gary's girl. Gary's girl. Well, you know that other song he did, I've Done Everything For You? No, I don't know that song. Sammy Hagar wrote that, not uh, Rick Springfield. Oh. Who's Sammy Hagar? I was a musician for like, 
I played the drums for like 23 years. I was I used to have the big hair and I wore the uh, zebra stripe spandex. So. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. See those pictures. I was a lot bigger than the two. I was a, I was a big boy. I had like more chins than a Chinese phone book. I was huge. Yeah. So oh, you were wow. a really skinny twerpy kid that turned into a really. And then I got really big. big boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was what going was to your, Burger King. What was your max shove. max weight? Uh, three fifty. Wow. How, How tall are you? Six foot one. How did okay. you lose all the weight? I went vegetarian and I li- I dropped 150 pounds in a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you change your exercise or just straight vegetarian? Jo- uh, just no chicken, turkey, beef, or pork. Uh, no dairy. Yeah, just I changed just changed it up one day. I, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time. Wow. Okay. And That's are impressive. You, I've maintained Are it. you still a vegetarian? No, I went back to eating meat uh, about three years ago. Um, I started with some probiotics and then some soup. And then after that, I was at Wendy's getting a Baconator. Nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, now I'm double fisting at bacon, bacon. You know? Oh, yeah. I love bacon. Crazy. Oh, yeah. But I exercise a lot. I, I ride my bicycle at nighttime every night and sure I keep it off. But not because I'm diabetic. I have to do those things. Nice. Good for you. Good, Good for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, all right. We're all going to die anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Mikey, um, do you think you're going to introduce your daughter to religion? Probably. Probably at some point. Uh, my wife also had a very religious upbringing as well. Uh, so uh, I, I think so. I think it's something that could, you know, bring a lot of, you know, it's, it's not going to be like you had mentioned, like extreme religion with some of that, some of that stuff that you were talking about before. Uh, but I don't think... I don't think I'll, I think it'll be more like mine. You know, it'll be something that you're introduced to and it's an idea and it's, you know, thinking of a higher power and those sorts of things, but nothing crazy to the point where you have to have like the fear of God or anything like that. It's, you know, something right. that should, you're not supposed to. Exactly. No. Something that should bring peace. Something that's something that. Yeah. It, it, it sounds to me uh, like you don't, you're, it's not even religion for you. It's more spirituality because you're not introducing the church really too much. You're not introducing the Bible at all. Uh, or any of the uh, practices within the Bible, like the Ten Commandments and all that crap, you're just introducing God and Jesus to your to yourself and to your children. That's a good way to put it. I yeah. respect that. I can tell you why, but go on, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll probably do that exact same thing. I think it's a positive thing, and it is. Yeah, yeah. I believe in God. And I believe in Jesus. Nice. Just not the Bible. Okay. Yeah, just not the Bible. No. Okay. So, Not my thing. Dan, at what age did you realize that you had, like, the the capacity to be a median? I'm not really sure what the phrasing to use is uh, there, by oh, the way. Sure. Uh, I've seen spirit my entire life, ever since I was a kid. I grew up in a town in New Jersey next to a, uh, the town had a battlefield in it from where the Hessians fought. So, uh, and it was a little hospital there. So, a lot of the homes in that area are all haunted. But then we moved away from there in New Jersey down to Delaware, and I've been here ever since. Well, I went to Maryland one time, got married. I'm back. And, uh, uh, and, uh, but I've always seen spirit everywhere I go. Every home I go into, everyone else's home I go into, I see them in Walmart. So I see them everywhere, and I've always seen them. Uh, so it never really scared me if I see them. I just kind of look at them and go, hmm, how's that, you know? Uh, but um, two weeks before my... Uh, I was around my 50th birthday, but my two weeks, my wife went away on vacation, and then I was seeing everything 
that you could think of that was scary. Oh. Uh, I was seeing stuff like uh, green and red mist coming out of the walls with these little skulls pouring out, and they had red eyes and, and fangs and seven-foot skeletons walking around the house, all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you know why that would have changed? Oh, yeah. Uh, they did all that uh, because uh, spirit themselves were testing me to see if I was going to move forward with this ability. Because it's, I don't call it a gift. I call it an ability because you're born with it. I found that out. You're born with it. It comes through within your soul. Uh, because we, that's your soul. We're, we're all connected with our souls. We all. That's where we come from. This is not home. That's home. You come from there. We're all souls. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. What you have is this meat suit in order to fill physical lessons and and uh, as this physical purpose. But yeah, uh, it was all around that time, and then I, I, I eventually had to. Um, we had a, we had a uh, paranormal group come to the house, man. Uh, they uh, got so much information from being around me in my home here. They were scared to actually come back to the house. They didn't want to come back. They broke up. Uh, but I then I sought out some mediums, and then none of them knew each other, and every one of them told me the same story about me, and. Uh, and it was just dead on accurate. What's the story? I mean, uh, I see spirit. I'm able to see spirit. Mm-hmm. But s- s- spirit comes to me. And that's why I see so many. So I see so many. Like if I'm in a dark room, um, it's like being in a room with a thousand people, except nobody leaves and, and more just keep coming in. And that's how many I see. I don't see just one or two. I see thousands of faces every single day. But I don't just see people. I see dogs and cats and horses and fishes and cows and giraffes and everything. Um, so, yeah, I was seeing so much. And then they said, yes, these spirits are coming to you. And I said, well, why are they coming to me? And she said, well, when I saw one of them, she said, when I when you walked in the room, because there was a lot of other people there, she said, I could feel your energy. It was so bright. I was like, and she said, when I closed my eyes, I can't see you. I see a super bright white light. And she says, and that's what spirit sees. They see you, but but you look like a light bulb to them. They don't see your actual figure. And I said, so what's that supposed to mean? And she said, because spirit thinks that you're the light into heaven, and that's why they come to you. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And I said, what do I do now? And she said, well, I don't think you want it to go away. I was like, no, because it's part of my life. I'm used to it now. She said, well, you can either accept it or push it away. You need to have a talk. And she said, you need to have a go home and have a talk with God. And I said, okay, I can talk to God because I felt, you know, even before all this, you know, I felt if I want to talk to God, I just can. I don't need to go to this big white building with a bunch of other people in it and them telling me how to do it. I can talk to him because if I'm one of his children, as we all are, he will allow me to talk to him in any way that, or any way that I need to. So that's what I did. My wife and I talked about it first, went home. I had the big talk in in this uh, bedroom, all darkened out, and came out, and the very next day, everything started to change, and then all the scary stuff went away within a few months, and then I just started seeing people coming in and animals and everything else coming in. And and then throughout, it's been five years, so I'm almost 55, and uh, it changes all the time. And uh, I see things all the time differently. Uh, me- I meditate instead of just 
you know, waiting for something to come in. It actually literally comes in. I see a little video turn on, and I see things. So, But I see all kinds of stuff. I, so a lot of stuff I talk about. A lot of stuff I don't talk about. Because if I did, someone's going to hear me. They're going to come to my house and take me away, and you'll never hear me again. <laughs> because I see a lot of stuff. Mm, lot, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but from what I see, so a spirit comes to me. And the reason they're coming to me, because they say, like I said, they think I'm the light into heaven. And that's what I do. That's my main gift. I cross spirit over into the light every day. I've yet to see a hell. I can see into that other realm where the, because the ones that I see most of the time are lost ones. Hmm. Or they are what we call earthbound spirits. And I see into it. There's no, there's landscape. There's no homes. There's no trees, if you want to call that hell. There's nothing to do there. They're just walking around interacting with each other but it's weird because i see them all the time making out can you give us can you give us an like give us like a concrete legitimate example of something that you've seen like is it does it look like a person oh they all look like people because that's what they are so how do you know it's not a real alive person because they are blue because when you look at your wall mikey and you see a white wall behind you I don't. I see a white and blue wall. Everything in my vision now has energy in it. That's what the blue is that I'm seeing. Now, if I see someone that is in spirit that comes through and they look like me, like kind of maybe a little bit more transparent, but they have color on them, that's someone who has crossed over into the light and has gone to what we call heaven. The other ones that are blue, they are earthbound spirits, and they just are here. You just... Where they are, they just are. There is no time and space. There is no time of the day or none of that. They're just walking around, but they're just everywhere. Interesting. Interesting. You don't get, when you see them after, when you see them as much as I do, you're not scared anymore because when you're just seeing people, well, like I said, I see dogs and cats. If I go to the veterinary's office and we have to take the cat there or something, I close my eyes. I close my eyes and see dogs and cats walking around everywhere. What's scary about that? Hmm. Now, there are scary ones, though, but but all they are is negative energies. There are people who were crappy people here who saw the light and said, nah, not going in, and then they stayed here. And then when I do see them, they are red. But the thing about them is they, because they are pure energy, just like positive ones, being pure energy, they can actually read your thoughts. They can read your mind. So, because uh, that's how they communicate, it's telepathy, and I hear that too. They talk to me, and I hear all kinds of crazy stuff. They talk about all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, but they can read your mind. And if you're thinking about something horrible in your mind, like a devil or a demon, they can manipulate themselves to look like that, scare the crap out of you, and then that's what they want to do because they want you to exude negative energies because that's what they, that's what they feed off of. They don't make you turn green and spin your head around and spit out pea soup or anything like that. They can't possess you, but what they can do is they can whisper in your ear, and hopefully you'll do what they ask you to do. And if you do, then you just turn into a negative person here too as well. But the only reason they would do that is because you're already pretty negative as well. So these people, so so, so these people do t- these people do talk to you, is what you're saying? Oh, absolutely, all the time. I, but they say crazy things. I I seen this one come up to me one time as in meditation, and I'm, when I'm using my third eye, he actually ran past me. But now, even though I'm facing this direction, I could see him run behind me. But he ran up to me and he said, "This, are you Irish?" And I said, "What?" And he went past. Me. I said, "And I said, yeah, I'm Irish." And he said, "Okay, thanks." And he just kept on going. 
I had one come through one time, and I said, uh, is there anybody here that wants to talk to me? And a voice came right through and said, got no time, going to a party. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Because where they are, they're still alive. They just don't have this anymore. That's all. This is incredibly fascinating. This is very fascinating. So, I'm uh, so, so Yeah, so, so obviously the number one thing that you probably hear from most people is, I don't believe you. Sure. Okay, so what is your response to that? Would you like to tell me about my, uh, want me to tell you about my favorite reading I've ever had? Yes. Yes. So I was at this uh, festival uh, in Annapolis, Maryland, and um, these people kept walking past my table, and, and I said, you coming up for a reading? And they're like, we're not sure. I said, all right, I'll see you in about an hour when you're ready. An hour later, they come back. <laughs> How do I know that? I'm the medium. I talk to spirits. I know shit. So uh, they come over and they finally sit down. And I, uh, I said, okay, who wants to get the reading? Because it's a husband and wife. And she said, I will. I said, okay. I said, this is the way it works. I tell her how I get messages and I how, uh, stuff that I get. I said, now can I hold one of your hands? And she said, sure. So I held her hand. And I said, I want to see who's around you. And I hold her hand. And I see this horse in front of me and the horse is brown and white and it doesn't have a regular mane on its head it has a wig it looks like a like you put a human wig on its head and that's what i see and then i see the horse like a stall opens up and the horse walks out and walks around and comes about and puts its head on this lady's shoulder so i tell her this and i said yeah i see this horse here it's brown and white like a cow brown and white spotty like that and walks around comes up puts its head on your shoulder and tells me that you're its mommy and she said, what? And I said, yeah, but you know what's weird about it? She said, what? I said, it's got this like wig on his head, like not a regular main blonde wig or blonde hair. It's a blonde wig. Like it's like somebody's cut the holes out and put it through its head. As I say that, her husband goes, mm-hmm, what is phone? his <laughs> phone. And she said, so what do you mean it's coming out of the stall? I said, yeah, it walks out of the stall, comes about, comes up, puts his head on your shoulder and says, this is my mommy. She said, you can hear the horse talking to you? I said, yeah, because it's, it's a universal language. It's, it's different when you leave here. And she said, okay. And then he gets done and he stops his phone. He said, you mean this horse right here? And I said, yeah, that's the horse. I said, what's with the wig? And he says, well, we had a artist do a portrait of the picture. And when he did, he did it in this in his own rendition of it. And we don't like that picture. I said, really? He said, yeah, so much. We don't like it because we paid $4,000 for it. Damn. And I was like, holy mackerel. And he said, yeah, we don't like the wig because we asked him, why did you do that? And he said, well, because this is how I saw the horse. And I was like, okay. And he said, yeah, we we don't even hang it up. We, We have it in a closet. And I said, okay. I said, well, what's with the horse coming around and uh, coming about and putting his head on your shoulder? She said, every morning I go out to the stall and I open it up. And he comes around, he comes out of the stall, he comes about, and he comes up and he puts his head on my shoulder. And I said, that's cool. She said, yeah. And then they both looked at me and started tearing up. I said, what's wrong? She said, our horse died two weeks ago. And I looked at them and I said, yeah. I can't make this stuff up. That is wild, dude. And when I see things like that, then I know I'm doing something right. 
And she said, why is this horse still here? I said, because she doesn't want to leave. And then the lady says to me, how did you know it was a she? (laughs) I said, I just told you all that other stuff, and you're telling me how did I know it was a she? And then they, after that, they were like, they just asked about a couple other things. But I said, yeah, the horse is here because it doesn't want to leave. I said, when it's your time to go, when you leave this earth, you're going to know because you're going to see that horse standing right in front of you as clear as you see me. And when you see that, you're checking out. Wow. So so has this whole experience made you, like, stop? Has it brought peace to your life and made you stop, like, stop fearing death? Yeah, I have no no fear of death at all. I know exactly when I'm going to die. I've already asked. I talk. So what I, I talk to who I get my answers from are the ones who help me cross those spirit over into the light. We call them archangels and they don't look like men with wings. They just don't. I see them every single day of my life. When, when are you going to die? Uh, it'll be, uh, I, my birthday's in November. Uh, so I won't turn 86. I'm sorry, 84. Uh, I'm going to die in August, the third week of August, before my birthday on a Wednesday, and I'll be 83. Wow. I will forever follow you. Who who did you ask that question to? Um, the answer I got from was uh, Archangel Michael. Wow, this is wild, man. Like I said, he does not look like a man holding a shield and or a sword because they're not fighting anything in heaven like they want you to think they are. Mm. There, there are negative energies. They do protect me from them, and I see that happen when one tries, one tries to come near me because they see the light as well, and they think, oh, I can get some energy from that. Then they will make these little globs of white light come out of nowhere, and it goes boom and attacks them and makes them go away. So are you, are you able to confirm that there is a God, that there is higher powers? Yeah, I've seen him twice. Uh, and how would you describe him? Uh, the first time, well, he is neither he or she. God just is. Um, but he he put something in front of me as as like if your mom and dad passes away, you're they're going to pro- project themselves to look like your mom and dad so you will recognize them because when they go to heaven, you go back to being 30 years old. Everybody does. So if you don't really remember your mom and dad being 30, they will project to themselves what you remember so you'll know, oh, that was my, I see my mom here or something like that. But yes. Um, but uh, the first time I saw him, he, he looked like the, like the Greek god Zeus. That's what I saw. He brought himself through. I, the reason I saw him is because I was very, very sick um, and he wanted to come through to let me know that everything was going to be okay. Um, cause I have a, a specific role that he wants me to, to fulfill while I'm here as part of what I'm doing. And, he, and I saw him he even had crow's feet, he was beautiful, handsome man with the big long hair. But that's the first time I saw him. That was, uh, back in 2018. I just saw him again, maybe about mm, three weeks ago Wow. when he came through, uh, completely genderless, just, uh, just a, a round head eyes and when he came through he was like this close to my face and i never see spirit that close i always see them maybe three or four feet away and this he was right up in my face and i was like 
And I was, I was like, whoa, who's this? And then he touches me a certain way. I get touches by uh, spirit every day um, for yes and no answers. And I, I always get, uh, if uh, they touch my face for, for no answer, it feels like a tears running down my face right there. That's what I feel. It feels like blood dripping down my face. And then uh, for yes answers, I get touched in different places on my forehead. And it's all different archangels that are touching me. That, that No matter who is touching me for that answer, which is yes, it's still coming from God. They're the right hand of God. But uh, he came through, and I said, holy crap. And then he touched me. He touches me in a certain place on my left eyelid, right on my eyelash. And I've only felt that five times in the past five years. And when I, I was like, who's this? And then I got a thought in my head because they put thoughts in my head, and they said, God. I was like, is that you, God? Next thing you know, touch me right on my I was like, oh, shit, it is God. <laughs> and uh, he was just checking on me. That's all, because that's what they like to do. Spirit comes in and checks on us all the time, and they want to make sure we're okay. And they sometimes they, I mean, not sometimes, a lot of times they give us messages to try to get us through our life. When, when you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I'm going to go to the mall, that's not you making that decision. That's your spirit guide. These are people who are crossed over, who have fulfilled their purpose, and they come back and they want to help us make decisions in our life because everything, everything that's going through your mind is a decision. You just follow through with some of them. A lot of them you just don't. But when you wake up and say, I want to go to the mall, that's them. That's them connecting with your soul, which runs your body. It's not your brain because your brain just makes the parts move. And they connect with your soul, and you go, hmm, I'm going to go to the mall today. It's half you, half them. It, and the half I mean is your soul. I feel like that statement contradicts the the argument of free will. Oh, no, you have free will. Everyone does. Okay. But you talk yourself out of things. What happens is we sometimes talk ourselves out of things that we're supposed to be doing. And why are you doing that? Because you use free will too much about you and not about what it's actually intended for. Do you remember your very, very first experience? What's the earliest one you remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I walked into the bathroom. Uh, I was getting ready for school. My mom was helping my sister get ready for school. And when I walked in, they were like, oh, my gosh. And uh, my they were standing in front of this door, and uh, the door had a full-length mirror on it. And when I peeked in, uh, there was another woman standing in the mirror, and she had on a colonial outfit. Mm. And then they stayed in my sister's room. We always saw three other shadows in my sister's room, and it was and there was always two men and a woman. Even to the point, like I remember, my we moved out. My brother bought the house, and he had some friends come over to the house, and they were knocking on his door. And there was a big picture window there out front, and uh, they're knocking on his door and they're saying. Man, he's not coming to the door. And they're looking around. They see people walking in the house. And then uh, they call him up on the phone. They said, hey, you're going to answer the door? We're here waiting for you to come to the door. And he said, yeah, we're not home. I'm on a camping trip. Wow. So do you do you talk out loud to these people? Yes, because they can hear you. They can hear everything you do. When where, So wherever you do, you wake up in the morning, you do your shit, shower, and shave, whatever you do. You do your daily routine. And you, you eat your breakfast. And then you go to work. And you hang out at work and do whatever you're doing there because not everybody's working. And then you come home and then you uh, have dinner with your family and then you watch some TV and you go to bed and you go and you wake up and do it all over again. Spirit is all around you all the time, everywhere you are, no matter where you are. They see everything you do, but they don't care what you do because they don't have to do it anymore. 
They don't sleep. They don't eat. They don't breathe. So what happens, uh, like when you're talking out loud to these, these, and like other people are like, who are you talking to? What are you doing? No, I don't do it in that way because people will think you're crazy and then they'll tie me up and put me away. Uh, but I do get messages a lot. Um, um, I'll be sitting somewhere. So here's an an example. I was at the VA hospital because my wife's a a veteran and we had to go, she had to go there and get a procedure. And, um, I was sitting there and all of a sudden I got a really bad pain in my leg and she's like, you okay? I'm like, no, this is, I don't know what's going on here. It's in my knee. It's killing me. And she said, oh, she said, all right, maybe I'll go, I can go get someone. And I, and in that instant, I closed my eyes. And when I did, I saw a man sitting there uh, in front of me, across from me, and he's sitting in a wheelchair. And um, he had on this uh, this blue um, blue and white uh, flannel shirt, like what's behind you, but it's blue and white. And I, and I was like, look at that. And then all of a sudden, when I saw that, he turned around and looked at me, and I got that pain in my leg again. And I, and then he looked at, back away and he kept bumping into the girl who was actually alive in that same room. And I was like, and then I said to my wife, I said, hold on. She said, what? I said, it's spirit. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I'm taking on his pain. He's showing me his pain because he wants me to talk to that girl. And she said, well, you know how people feel about this because you don't know how if anyone's open to this because, you know, because of the religious background, because of how they were brought up. You, right. Not everyone's open to that type of thing. So I don't always say everything to everyone. I keep a lot of stuff to myself because, you know, you don't know how they're going to take it. But I said, let me just walk up there and say something. So I just walked up and I said, excuse me, miss. I said, I have a question for you. And she, she's the helper. I, she said, yeah. I said, do you know what mediums are? She's like, yes, I do. I'm, I just got into that recently. I'm, I'm like, perfect. She said, why? I said, because there's an old gentleman here sitting in this wheelchair and he keeps bumping into you, but he keeps putting this pain in my leg. It's like really bad. I, I said, I said, but I think he's here because he, want, he he. I keep getting, he's telling me he wants to apologize to you for something. And she said, well, what's he look like? I said, he's got on this blue and white flannel. She said, what? I said, he's got on this blue and white flannel shirt and he's got a real bad pain in his leg. She said, that's my grandfather died four years ago. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, I knew it was him when you said that. He always wore a blue and white flannel shirt. I said, well, what's with his legs? She said he had polio. Mm. And he had real bad pains in his legs. And I said, yeah. And she said, why is he here? I said, because he's like, he thinks he has unfinished business. He has to apologize to you for something. She said, that makes sense. And I said, why? She said, because when I was younger, my mom and I would take care of him. And, uh, he would always talk down to me like I was a real piece of crap when I was young. And I was like, I was like, well, he wants to cross over. He hasn't crossed over yet. You need to talk to him about that. And she said, how do I do that? I said, go home. Not when you're around all these people. You don't know <laughs> what people are going to say. And tell him that it's okay. She said, yeah, I've let that part of my life go. I said, good for you. I said, because you should. And uh, she said, so she contacted me later and said she said it out loud, and she said all of a sudden she just felt, like, peace around her. And then that was it. But, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't say it out loud to everyone, but the first question I ask them is, do you know what a medium is? And if I can tell by the response after that, and if, it, if I feel that it's okay to talk about it, then I will. But 
Like today, I, t- I said it to a woman. She said uh, she was talking about her dog got killed, and she's worried about getting another dog. She said, I think the other, I think, she said, I think my neighbor did it. I asked a question and whoop, got an answer, and I said, yes, your neighbor did kill the dog. I said, don't get another one. And she said, how did you know that? I said, you know what a medium? She's like, yeah. I said, you're looking at one. She's like, we always felt like the neighbor actually did that. I said, no, no, he did it. I said, but what can you do about it at this point? You know, it's been four months. So uh, I said, uh, what do you, you can't beat a dog for something that did four months ago. So wow, you got to let it go, man. Is there anything? Is, is there anything behind me right now? Uh, I mean, if I stare into it, you really want me to look sure. at it? Yeah, there's a man in your wall. He's a. Uh, you see where that light is that's shining back there? Uh-huh. Uh, there's an older gentleman there. I'd say he's probably. What's he telling me? He said he's he's telling me he's 73 years old. Um, he has hair like if I had a little bit more hair on both sides of my head, uh, but not on top. It's kind of bald on top. Um, got nice eyebrows. They're. they're they don't look like they're too bushy or anything. They're kind of trimmed and everything. Um, this His skin is a little bit of um, uh He's got more of a complexion, so it's a little bit more redness in his skin, like a reddish-white uh, in his skin. And he's got some, um, like, what we would call, like, liver spots around on his head. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, go for it. Says his name is John. Says he's related to you in some way. Oh, not in this lifetime, sorry. In your previous life and his. Your grandfather in your previous life. Not this one. Okay. You've been here 27 times. So on your 26th lifetime, he was your grandfather at that time. He's just come back to be around you, to help you, to be a to be a spirit guide for you. should talk to him. <laughs> That's wild, man. You can do that through the computer and everything? Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, I see everything everywhere because we're all connected. I see everything everywhere. Does that get exhausting? Yeah, I don't sleep much. I have to take a lot of medicine to go to sleep at night because if I don't, they wake me up in the middle of the night. I, Everything does. Yeah, I can't even imagine how tiring that must feel. Yeah, one of the things I have uh, that's going on that I don't have control over is called remote viewing, where I can close my eyes and then I can see other things going on in the world. But what's going? But what's happening there is it's just my consciousness is somewhere else. Like earlier, I was taking a nap and I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't because I, all I could see was this guy. It's like me sitting in a chair but I'm looking through him and he was sitting down and he was watching football on his phone. When you say you should talk to him, how is that done? Just talk to him like you're talking to me. You can say it out loud. They, for, for one reason, because they just want to be acknowledged that they are actually here. They want you to acknowledge that they're here. You can ask for his protection as well too because he's in a place now that he can do that thing. He can manipulate 
uh, energy and he can make things go away, especially if you're feeling negative energy around you. And when you do that, you would feel it like pressure on your neck or on your back or something like that. It's negative energy. It happens to all of us, especially if we're having a bad day because if you, if you spill your coffee, you know what you do? Clean your coffee up and go get another one. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's just not. Nothing is the end of the world here and until it's time for you to go. That's all. But it's not actually the end of the world. You're just going to another place. Are the people that you see definitely people who have passed away in real life? Yes. You never, you, yes. Like you never see someone in a different place. You never see their soul like somewhere else. And they're still, they're still alive. Well, they are alive. But like in, in real life. Like they haven't passed. They are alive in real life. That's They just don't have a body anymore. When you leave here, you just go to another place. You're just stepping out of your body. The way that it's going to happen is you're going to stand up, you're going to look down, you're going to see your body, and you go, oh, I guess I don't need that anymore. You're going to take a step to the left, and then you're going to look to your right-hand side. You're going to see a bright light there. And just like the other uh, 26 times, you're just going to walk in. Is it possible they're still in their body and they're still alive? No. Okay. No, they're not. Yeah. So it has to be someone who pooped. Yeah, it's in the ground somewhere in, the, in that rock garden because that's what it is. It's a rock garden. It's a bunch of rocks with a bunch of people's names on it because, you know, they don't care about their death. No one does when you pass away. The only people that care about your death are the people who's making money off of it. That's all. And when you talk about previous previous life, like you, yeah. explain that. Uh, you keep coming back over and over and over again. We call it reincarnation. You just keep coming back for... Uh, for one main reason, you didn't fulfill your purpose, and you did. You you do it throughout your lives, but you don't do it enough. They want us to do it enough. What we're here to do is learn lessons and fulfill a purpose. But everything you do in your life is a lesson. If I pick up this towel and I put it down, that's a lesson. If I pick it up and drop it, it's another lesson. It's not a good one or a bad one. It's just a lesson, because there is no good, there is no bad, there is no wrong or right. There's no epic failures. There's only two things in this world, only two, and you only make two decisions for those two things. There is what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And if it doesn't work for you, quit doing it. It's very simple, but people can't. If you walk through a door and there's a nail in the floor, you may trip over it, but you may also get a hammer after that and bang the nail in. Or you may just continue to trip over it and over it and over it and over it. Well, that's what people do in their lives. Some people learn lessons very well. Some don't. I think that's a lovely place to stop, uh, mostly because <laughs> my Google Meet only allows us to meet for an hour <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, before we have to pay for it. And our podcast doesn't have any money yet. <laughs> you may want to have me on again. We can do that. Sure. <laughs> I think that yeah, could I'll, be. I'll come on as many times as you want to because it. Uh, I, I've done interviews before and they've lasted two or three hours because once I get into it, yeah, we went completely off the subject of religion. But uh, I don't think we religion did. Religion is false anyway. I don't. I don't think we did. I think. I think this was a natural conversation. Is how religion has evolved for you and Mike and I have thousands of episodes to get to know one another's religious preferences. Uh, but yes. it's nice. It's nice to have someone on who may think differently than our listeners or think differently than us. Um, and I think this was a phenomenal conversation. I will say it this way. Mikey, you are doing it the correct way. And that's what God wants you to do. You don't have to go to the big, you don't have to go to the big white building 
you can do it within yourself, within your home. You can talk to God. You can talk to Jesus. You don't, you don't have to do it within the confines of religion because he did not create religion, neither did Jesus. They indoctrinated him and Jesus into that to do one thing, two things, fear and power, and that's all. You don't need to fear God. You're his son. We're all his children. So why should we fear that? But, you know, religion is based upon one thing. They want to tell you how to live your life the way they want you to live it and give them 10% because they don't want to go out and get a real job. Yeah. Oh, you don't tithing. Have to do that. There it is. Yeah, you don't, yeah how do we know that? Because they mentioned 10% in the Bible. How do they know about 10%? I don't know. They came up with that pretty quick, though, because they don't want to do anything. Don't let them do it. I think we're past being strangers now. We? <laughs> yes, we are. We we should be friends because we could. That that's I should mention that for your purpose. Your purpose is the same as mine, same as hers, and same as everyone outside. I mean, when you go outside and look at all the people in the world, every one of them has been to heaven. They all had to come back because they didn't fulfill their purpose enough. Until you get to that point where you punch your dance card enough times, and they say you don't have to come back anymore. Your purpose is you are here to help people, but just for the sake of helping, not because it's going to make you a bunch of money or make you more famous because no one's more famous than anyone. We make people famous. We all came from the same place. You can all go back there if you choose to, but you're here to help people just for the sake of helping. Someone's going to come up to you and say, I need your help, Mikey, I'm lost. But it's up to you in your free will to decide if you're going to do that or not. And if you keep going on the uh, side of eh, hate people and forget them, and you just go on the alternative path, and then you just keep coming back again until you learn that lesson. Or you fulfill it, and you keep doing it over and over again until you, if you do it enough, the ultimate goal, then you don't have to come back. And you'll be okay. You're okay. Thank you very much, Dan. Goodbye, stranger friends. <laughs> <laughs>